Hello there. This is Jim Mosley, your host on the Bible History Guy radio broadcast, sponsored by Winterwood Creative. We're dedicated to turning doubt into Christian faith through facts. So if you have questions about God or the Bible that you would like answered, you can reach me through our website, www.thebiblehistoryguy.com. Or you can email me directly at jim at thebiblehistoryguy.com. That's jim at thebiblehistoryguy.com. Today's broadcast comes from my latest book, The Biographies of Jesus' Apostles. Most readers of the Bible have only a vague notion of who Jesus' apostles were, how they were related to each other, and what exactly they did. This book takes readers alongside the apostles, reveals the world through their eyes, and accurately retraces every known step of their lives. Life of Peter, Part 4 Jerome, the early church father, says Peter founded the church in Antioch, Syria, and if so, January 15th to the 22nd, AD 34, was probably the time when Peter did it. The book of Acts mentions some Jewish Christians from Jerusalem, probably led by Peter, who were preaching the gospel to Jews in Antioch. Since Peter was already in Samaria, after laying hands on the Samaritans and bringing the Holy Spirit to them and contending with Simon Magus, he could have made the trek north to Antioch in about just 10 hours. It was a convenient time for him to plant a church in the third largest city in the Roman Empire. And the Patriarchate of Antioch confirms this date, saying that AD 34 was the year of the church's founding. Once the church at Antioch was established, it became a hotbed of activity. Jews from Cyprus and Kyrene, Libya, descended on Antioch and began preaching and converting many Gentiles. Then the Jerusalem church sent Barnabas to Antioch. And in Antioch, the followers of Christ were first called Christians. Eusebius, the early church father and historian, says that the evangelist Luke was from Antioch, and he may have become a Christian around this time. In AD 37, after his withdrawal to Arabia, Paul returned to Damascus and preached the gospel fearlessly. The Jews of the city plotted to kill him, so he escaped when friends let him down the city wall in a basket. Full of conviction, Paul went to Jerusalem from about April 22nd to 26th in AD 37. Remembering how he had ravaged the church, the Jerusalem Christians feared Paul. Barnabas, however, approached him and mended fences between Paul and the apostles. Paul saw Peter over a period of 15 days at this time. He also saw James, the half-brother of Jesus, but he met no other apostles there at that time. Paul preached boldly in Jerusalem. The Jewish leaders, aghast that their agent in Damascus had returned a traitor, plotted to kill him. Paul's friends helped him to escape to Caesarea. From there, Paul proceeded to his hometown of Tarsus and remained there in obscurity for six years. All the while, he had a bounty on his head in both Damascus and Jerusalem. In June AD 37, Peter traveled from Jerusalem to Lydda, a journey of 30 miles toward the coast. There, he healed a man called Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. All the people in Lydda and Sharon nearby witnessed this and turned to the Lord. Then Peter went all the way to the Mediterranean coast to Joppa, the same port from which the prophet Jonah had sailed away from God's command to preach at Nineveh. Jonah happened to be the name of Peter's father, but this son of Jonah was far more obedient to God's commands 
than the Jonah of old. Some disciples in Joppa had sent for Peter because a kindly woman named Tabitha, which is Aramaic for gazelle, or Dorcas, which is Greek for gazelle, had died. Tabitha had done many acts of kindness. When Peter came to where her body lay, he sent all the weeping widows from her room, knelt, prayed, and said, Tabitha, arise. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and arose. The miracle became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Further up the coast toward Syria was the seaport of Caesarea, the seat of Roman power in Judea. Cornelius, who resided there, was a centurion of the Italian cohort, an army unit consisting of about 5,120 soldiers. A centurion commanded about 100 men and was an important man in the Roman government of Judea. The tribe of Cornelius was one of the most distinguished patrician family names in Rome. This man was someone important, or he was related to someone important. Cornelius and his whole household feared God, gave alms to the Jews, and prayed to God continually. One day, at about 3 p.m., Cornelius clearly saw an angel of God who came to him and called his name. Staring at the angel in terror, Cornelius asked, What is it, Lord? The angel replied that God had answered the Romans' prayers and that he should send to Joppa for Simon Peter. Cornelius dispatched a soldier and three servants. The next day about noon, Peter was praying on the housetop of his host, a man named Simon the Tanner. Peter grew hungry, and then he saw a vision of the sky opening and a great sheet descending, lowered by four corners to the ground. In it were all kinds of animals and birds. A voice said, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter answered, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. The voice replied, What God has cleansed no longer consider unholy. The vision recurred three times. Then Cornelius' messengers arrived, and the Holy Spirit urged Peter to go with them, without misgivings, for God was sending him on a mission. The next day, Peter and some of the other Christians left Joppa. Since the journey to Caesarea was one of 42 miles, Peter's party probably spent the night somewhere along the way. Then they entered Caesarea the next day, probably June 11, AD 37. The centurion was waiting for him with all his relatives and close friends. Peter entered the house of Cornelius, who fell at Peter's feet. But Peter made him rise, saying, I, I too am just a man. Peter told the Roman family that they knew how unlawful it was for him, a Jew, to visit a foreigner, but that God had showed him through visions that he should not call any man unholy or unclean. Cornelius told Peter of the angel's visit, and Peter realized that God was sending salvation not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. Peter preached the gospel. The Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening. Peter baptized the entire household in the name of Jesus Christ. He then stayed with his new flock for several days. Around June 19, AD 37, Peter returned to Jerusalem. The other apostles criticized him. You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them, they said. But Peter told them the whole story, saying that if God gave to the Gentiles the same gift he gave to the Jews who believed in Jesus Christ, Peter could not stand in God's way. Then the other apostles glorified God, affirming 
that he had granted to the Gentiles, the repentance that leads to life. Peter and Mark left Jerusalem and preached to Jews in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, all around what is now modern Turkey, sometime between AD 41 and 43. Reading Acts, one may easily get the impression that Paul was the first to bring the gospel to these parts of the world, but in fact, Peter preceded him. Jerome, an early church father, wrote that Peter first traveled to Rome in the second year of the reign of the emperor Claudius, which was A.D. 43. When Paul first arrived in Rome in A.D. 57, he found many Christians already there. So somebody had to found the Roman church earlier than that. In A.D. 49, Claudius, the emperor, expelled all the Jews from Rome because of squabbles between non-Christian and Christian Jews. So there were Christians in Rome as early as that. This evidence supports the tradition that Peter indeed founded the church in Rome in the year AD 43. Now, Simon Magus, the sorcerer, after Peter rebuked him in Samaria back in AD 34, traveled to Rome, where he gained such fame as a wizard that the Emperor Claudius honored him as a god with a statue on the island of the River Tiber. Peter challenged Simon Magus and defeated his fake ministry in Rome. Now, as long as Peter was in Italy, he had with him John Mark. That's Mark, the author of the Gospel of Mark. And Mark acted as Peter's interpreter because Peter naturally would have spoken Aramaic. He would have spoken Greek. He may have spoken Hebrew. But Latin is probably not a language he would have known. And so Mark was helpful to him in translating everything he had to say to the Italians who would have spoken Latin as their common language. When Peter was getting ready to leave Italy and return to the east, the Christians in Rome begged Mark to write down the preachings and teachings of Peter and thus leave them with that precious resource. Thus, the first gospel, that of Mark, was probably composed as early as A.D. 43. Peter and Mark probably returned to Jerusalem in the fall of that same year. During the Passover of the following year, AD 44, King Herod Agrippa I, grandson of Herod the Great, killed James, the son of Zebedee. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he also arrested Peter on April 1st, the third day of Passover. Herod put a guard of 16 soldiers over Peter, probably remembering Peter's former miraculous deliverance from jail and hoping to prevent a repeat of that event. He intended to display Peter to the mob during the days of unleavened bread. The night before Herod planned to present him, Peter was sleeping chained between two soldiers, with other soldiers also guarding the prison door. An angel of the Lord appeared and illuminated the cell. He struck Peter's side. Peter's chains fell away and the angel led Peter off as if in a dream. They passed the first and second guards and came to the outer iron gate which opened by itself. They went out into the city street, and Peter found himself suddenly alone. Coming to his senses, Peter went to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, cousin of Barnabas, and the author of the Gospel of Mark. Many were gathered there praying. This would have been natural, both because they were concerned for Peter and because it was Passover week. Peter knocked at the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. She recognized Peter's voice, but from joy ran back to tell everyone without letting him in. They said she was out of her mind, but she kept insisting until they thought it must be Peter's angel. Peter kept knocking, and when they opened and saw him, they were amazed. He made a sign for them to keep silent, and then he told them of how the Lord had rescued him. 
Peter told them to report everything to James, Jesus' half-brother, and the other apostles, and then he went away to another place. The next day, Jerusalem was in an uproar at Peter's escape. With as many as 2.7 million pilgrims in town for the Passover, which was usual, the miracle could not have occurred at a more dramatic time. Herod executed the guards, and Peter repaired to Caesarea. Shortly afterwards, at the height of his arrogance, Herod died a grisly death by parasitic worms, while the word of the Lord continued to grow and multiply. This is Jim, the Bible History Guy, and you've been listening to material from my latest book, The Biographies of Jesus' Apostles, Ambassadors in Chains. Imprisoned in Nero's Rome, Paul wrote, I am an ambassador in chains. Well, apostle means ambassador, and these long-suffering ambassadors of Christ bore the gospel over tens of thousands of miles from Jerusalem to Africa, Europe, and Asia. They planted churches, had heavenly encounters, worked miracles, wrote all-time bestsellers, were shipwrecked, flogged, imprisoned, and martyred. And yet, they broke the chains and turned empires and kingdoms upside down. This book takes you on a journey of discovery back to the first century, experiencing how, against all odds, these embattled and triumphant ambassadors in chains so perfectly fulfilled Jesus' great commission. You can find the biographies of Jesus' apostles online wherever books are sold or on my website, www.thebiblehistoryguy.com. You've been listening to the Bible History Guy radio broadcast, sponsored by Winterwood Creative. You can reach me, Jim Mosley, directly through my email, jim at thebiblehistoryguy.com. That's jim at thebiblehistoryguy.com.